0: We've all heard it said that words can't hurt you, right? Only sticks and stones can? Well, that's some bullshit. I want to go ahead and talk about this issue of Lauren Berbert calling uh, Ilhan Omar and I guess a couple of other women in uh, Congress the Jihad Squad, and she's trying to basically act like they're akin to being terrorists, right? And in the video, she's actually saying that um, she, uh, Ilhan didn't have a backpack, so um, she said, okay, well, we're safe then. Insinuating that in, in order to be a Muslim, in order to be Arab, in order to be, you know, black or brown, means to be dangerous and to possibly be a terrorist. That's basically the message that she's implying, right? So I'm calling bullshit, and this on the statement that words can't hurt because words hurt a lot. And I'm not even just talking about emotion, I'm talking about the danger that that kind of language allows the danger that it actually encourages because she's perpetuating the image of a woman in a hijab as being a danger. And so as women of color, and especially Muslim women of color who are wearing the hijab, it it creates a situation where we are in danger because of people like Lauren Boebert. And now I wanna touch on how this relates to some of the crap that I had to deal with in my childhood and I'm gonna talk about it today honestly and openly um in a way that I haven't publicly uh for a long time so let's start with a story time so this is actually also posted on my instagram page I briefly mentioned um something that I had experienced in childhood and so now I'm going to tell y'all more of the story so Um, when I was finally told the truth about who my father was I was about eight years old and I was very angry that I had been lied to that information had been withheld from me and so um, I was going through a hell of a lot of that time period now soon after the war in uh, Kuwait uh, the war between Iraq and the US primarily uh, when Iraq invaded Kuwait that started right around the time that I was told right Um, and so I'm hearing all the stuff in the news and everything that is being communicated about people of Arab descent, people of African descent, people who look like my family from there. I'm hearing all of this negative stuff, right? And I'm growing up in an environment where that hateful rhetoric is actually supported. Here I am, a young child who is mixed um and most people who see me automatically assume that i'm either arab or latina or creole because of the way that i look um people have said that people who look like me tend to be called racially ambiguous because it's really hard to identify just by looking at me uh, what my actual background is one of my friends used to joke that i was like a racial chameleon because he said every time he he saw me He saw a different uh, ethnicity and so it was funny to him that like how that transition and I'll tell you guys more about how I um, kind of experienced people's confusion with my race later so the point today is that while I was growing up all the way through my teen years I was in environments that were very verbally abusive to me on a regular basis and my mother who is white didn't try to insulate me from it to the point that even my younger brother, who's a hundred percent white, because that's the child she had with my stepfather. um, And he would say things like this in front of me. He would say the N word. He would say sand plus the N word. Um, I've heard. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, if you say sand plus N word, you're targeting specifically uh, Arab and African people of um, Muslim religion, Muslim faith, um, in that case, (coughs) Um, typically. That's what they mean. And so all of these things are being said in front of me and I'm outraged, I'm angered. And my own mother is laughing and joking with people about this kind of communication. Now, when someone like me goes out into the world, I have been told crap like, are you one of the people who blows things up? Um, I was asked, what kept you from becoming an extremist? Um, I was told by someone who... um, is of one of the Spanish countries and I'm not going to name the person's country cause I'm not trying to blast that person's country, but because I'm only saying it because it does pertain to the story because he, his English wasn't great. And when he found out specifically what my heritage was, he said, Oh, the people that do boom, meaning people who do explosions. And this is why words can fucking hurt because There are people out there who target people of color because of how this messaging is portrayed. And the fact that she's saying this crap, Lauren Bober going back to her, to a group of people who are applauding and laughing and cajoling with her over hateful rhetoric says a lot. There is enough of this population that they are a danger. I do firmly believe that the people who actually believe and support this on that level as her are the minority, but they're dangerous and they are weaponized. Kyle Rittenhouse getting away with killing three people because he claimed self-defense as a white male, once again further shows that they are not only weaponized, but they are protected by the system because they are permitted to go out here and be violent against others and get away with it. Now, one thing that I wanna point out about the Kyle Rittenhouse victims, they were all white. I think a lot of people don't realize that. Um, A black man is actually the person who knocked him down and stopped him from hurting others, but his three victims were white. So when I look at white people who support the Kyle Rittenhouse decision, I'm like, you do realize that you're supporting someone who murdered someone who looks like you, right? Like, think about that for a second. Hold up, like, y'all don't even realize. Like, whenever whenever I speak on this, I don't think like there's certain people who are not necessarily overtly racist, who still kind of toe the line of what racism is by saying, "Well, you know, you know, he felt he felt in danger," uh, and in their mind, I think they they, they imagine. That this bullshit doesn't affect them, right? That somehow they're they're insulated from it. You're not insulated from it because if we don't get justice, you don't either. So when we talk about, for for example, um, you know, like Tamir Rice being assaulted by police, when we talk about Trayvon Martin being hunted down by Zimmerman, um, we kept saying, "Hey, guess what? Like." it it affects people of color more imminently but it will impact you as a white person. You also are not going to be safe. None of us are safe until all of us are safe. That is the freaking reality. So this particular case proves that, right? Because Kyle Rittenhouse is out there with the freaking military grade weapon because he has believed the rhetoric of the media. He has believed that the the businesses are in danger, that the the mayhem is out there and just people are just doing all of this crazy stuff and he felt entitled to be the police officer he felt entitled to police other people and he went out there thinking he was going to be against black lives matter that majority of people were going to be either black or brown or if they were white they would be antifa and guess who he killed he ended up killing three white people And if I'm not mistaken, I don't even think, I think two of the people, one of them for sure, wasn't even actually participating in the events. If I'm not mistaken, the first person he killed was actually walking home or something like that. I have to go back to the story. But my point is that these words, this rhetoric hurts because it weaponizes and entitles these particular overtly white supremacist racists these assholes, it weaponizes them and entitles them and gives them permission to go out and enact violence. And the rest of us out here who are trying to live our lives, the people who are out here trying to create a better world, we're the victims. And sometimes other people not participating, the bystanders get caught up in the bullshit And once again, it's not the people who are, who are involved in the protest. It's not the, you know, the Arab person, the African person, the, you know, the African-American person. It's not the Hispanic person. It's not any of us that are causing the problem. We're existing. We're freaking living our lives. We're out here walking and living our lives. We are appreciating our rights to protest peacefully. And when the media changes the narrative and allows for this kind of language and misteaching to go out into the world, and when I say media, I don't just mean the news outlets because don't get it twisted. Like when we say media, a lot of people are just targeting the news outlets. No, social media has created a much broader media. We've got these um, far-right fascist uh, pages sharing racist nazi-esque um rhetoric about black and brown people and they are the ones furthering the bullshit right because what do you think most americans hear more often one of the conservative news outlets or the social media channels that they're following the reality is people are spending a lot more time on social media than they are a lot of the time watching the news Unless they're, of course, like over the age of 65. Some of those people are actually watching the news more so. But my point is that when I say media, I'm talking about the people like Lauren Boebert and several of these other conservative commentators who have a large following who are just eating it up because their angst and their anger, they're being told that it's justified. They're being given permission. Now relating this back coming back 360 to the beginning imagine being a child whose own you know the people who are raising me my white mother and my stepfather who authentically raised me right like he was the father figure he was there he provided for me financially made sure that I had everything I needed but at the same time He perpetuated, he spoke this rhetoric, he supported this rhetoric, and he continues to do so to this day. And so you have to understand the environment that I grew up in. I grew up in an environment that told me that my brown skin was a bad thing, was a negative thing. Now, in part two, I'm gonna tell y'all exactly how deep this bullshit goes because it gets deeper to the point where the church we were going to was brought in to convert me racially. You heard that right. Come back for part two of this episode where I explain what, that ex- what happened in that experience. As always, this is Word of a Rebel, and I'm here for empowerment. Be sure to hit me up on all social media platforms at Word of a Rebel on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and all points in between. Peace.